Hey, we're in uh, week two of the series. We started last week that Cameron started last week, and I heard he was making fun of me. So, and so anyway, he preached one time. It took a week of vacation. So that's all I got to say about Cam. So, yeah. He's leading worship. There's nothing. You start preaching, man. That's, that's exhausting, y'all. I'm just telling you. Now, I heard he did a great job, he, and he introduced this, this uh, the series where we talked about that we are made in the image of God. And that we reflect, we reflect God. We do. That we're made, when God made us, that he said, I have made you in my image, that inside of all of us, that, that we reflect the image of God. But what has happened is, is that sin entered the world, and through sin and through uh, just the power of the enemy, uh, that this image has become distorted, that it's become, we've called, we've used the word twisted, that it's become twisted, and it, it doesn't fully represent what it was, what it meant to be in, in the beginning. And, and the whole answer to this is that you need Jesus Christ, that you need Jesus, that, that, that he untwists the twist. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to look at three areas of our lives where, where this twist is most prominent. And, and, but maybe when I bring it up, you're going to go, that's not me. And so because that's what I thought uh, when we were doing this, this, this message is uh, that, man, that's not me. And so today we're talking about pride. Talking about pride, and, and here's here, man, this just hurt my feelings this week. I don't, it's, if you come to a self realization about yourself, that would be self realization, wouldn't it? And so, anyway, <laughs> self realization about somebody else is not, that doesn't work. Anyway, so, and that's good, that's good. But when you come to self realization about yourself, and it's not good, that, that is a tough pill to swallow. So, I'm studying this week about pride. So and I'm thinking, honestly, I'm thinking, I don't have pride. That ought to be a sign that you're prideful, shouldn't it? <laughs> that ought to be the sign that I, I'm thinking, man, I don't struggle with pride. And so I'm going through these things about, and so I'll just ask you this, this, these questions. Same thing. I've read through so many things, and are, am I a prideful person? Now, I want to stop right here. Well, I'll get to it in a minute. Okay. Signs that you're prideful. You think you're humble. I'm humble. Just ask me, you know? And if you don't ask me, I'll probably tell you anyway. I've told this story before, but one of, one of the, we get crazy thoughts, and because we live on 30, I mean, we, or there's churches on 36, people throw their trash out. Not that y'all would, second service people do that stuff all the time. <laughs> and we have to pick it up. And I was out there picking it up one day, and I was frustrated because I had to pick it up. I mean, no, nobody really likes to pick up trash. But if you do, we, got, we would love for you to serve here. So, and I was picking up trash, and I had this thought, and it had to do with pride, but I didn't see it at that moment. I had this thought, I thought, I hope somebody sees me picking up this trash. That way they can see that I'm a humble servant. And I had that thought. I was like, that's a weird thought, Gary, that you're not humble if you think like that. But we do. That's a sign of pride. All right, here's the thing. You don't accept criticism, constructive criticism. We make excuses. We have rebuttals that we cannot accept constructive criticism. You always want to be the center of attention. You are vain about your physical appearance. I went to the dump, uh, uh, the recycle center, uh, about three or four months ago, and look, I looked ridiculous. You ever, you ever have a day where you're working in the yard, you look ridiculous? I looked ridiculous. I did. I had, I had white tube socks on, Crocs, 
a pair of old beat and an orange shirt. I mean, it was just it was blaze orange. But I was out, I was working, I didn't care. And so I saw somebody from the church. They just started laughing. They looked at me, I said, what's so funny? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Anyway, I thought and I started thinking, but we are, we are funny about our appearance. We don't want people to see us like that. We want to see us like this, like I, when I look good. You don't like associating with normal people. That's weird, isn't it? What other people are there? You like to name drop or photo drop. Don't we love to, we love to get a picture of this man? I'm like, I saw someone, so makes us feel good. My love, hey, if that's you, that's okay. You're not teachable. You don't listen. You know, the funny thing about listening is a lot of times when people are talking, we act like we're listening, but we're, we're just thinking about what we're going to say next. You think you're too important to do mundane tasks like pick up trash. You're critical of others who are successful. And all those are examples of pride. And it's twisted. Look, when I, when I read it, it's ugly. It is. It's ugly on the inside. It, it, it becomes very, very ugly. And Jesus tells a story that is actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible. That, that where he, he talks about this whole concept of being prideful. And I'm going to explain what pride is and what pride isn't in a second. But I want to read through the story, and then we're just going to make some points and talk about how to untwist this twist in our life. And so here it goes. Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. The people who are prideful. He told the story to people who were prideful. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and that was a, a Pharisee was a religious leader, and the other one was the despised tax collector. Now, the tax collector, we think, in our day, people don't really like the IRS, uh, but in, in, in Jesus' day, tax collectors were hated because they were usually a people of, of a certain uh, ethnicity or nationality, and they were working for the Roman government, and they were taxing their own people, and they would, they would give excess taxes because they got to keep personally everything they got above what Rome would ask them to take. And so they were hated. They were hated people. And so two people coming to pray, one's a religious leader, one's a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers, I'm certainly not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, Oh God, be merciful, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you that this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so, are you a prideful person? Well, here's three things about pride. Pride is easy to see in others, not in ourselves. Man, it is so easy. It's so easy to see it in, in, our, in others, not ourselves. Now, here's, here's the word pride means that, that you think you're better than someone. You think you're superior, that you're arrogant. Now, the, the word pride now, if I cut my grass, I've cut my grass and I get done cutting the grass and I look at what I've done and I feel good about it, that's not pride. That's accomplishment. But if I look at my grass after I'm done and go, boy, my yard's better than everybody else's. I'm really, boy, I got this grass cutting thing down right here. 
That's pride. I understand. That's pride. That's, but but it, it is so subtle. It is so subtle. I make a joke about it, but the truth is so subtle that we don't even realize it a lot of times, that, that this whole concept of pride is so easy. Like we, When we talk about pride, tell the truth. You can point out a person right now. They're prideful. You go, they're prideful. But you don't ever. I don't, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that came in my office and said, hey, I need to talk to you. I need to speak to a pastor because I'm prideful. This just doesn't happen. We don't think we are prideful. We don't. We don't, we don't. we don't think this is a part of our life. And it's really easy just to dupe ourselves into thinking that we're not, that we don't struggle with this. And I love the scripture here where we get to see this. And here's the funny thing about the scripture. Read this with me. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, others a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people, not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. We read that and you immediately go, well, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. As soon as you say that, you're like that guy. I'm just telling you, that's how pride works. We look at it and go, man, I would never do that. Would you really not ever do that? And the truth that we do that a lot, we, we compare ourselves and think, I'm better than so-and-so. We think uh, that the, the sin in our life is not near as bad as the other person's sin. And we have these thoughts and, and, and everything like that, and it's really just pride. C.S. Lewis said this about pride. He said, pride is our greatest enemy. He called pride the great sin and the utmost evil, and he said all other sins, listen to this, he said all other sins, anger, greed, junken, drunkenness, immorality, are flea bites in comparison. As a matter of fact, pride was at the beginning in, in Genesis 3 that Adam and Eve sinned. They, this whole thing was, became warped because of their pride. They wanted to be like God. And that's really what it comes down to pride. Pride comes down to, I want to do my thing. I want to be God. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm the boss. And man, it is so subtle in our lives that it's real easy to think you and I don't have a problem with that. And that's right where the enemy wants us. Because if you don't think you got a problem, then you're not going to address it. Well, the second thing is this, is that pride never really helps us. Pride never really helps us. Here's the funny thing about pride. I've never met anyone who had any kind of problem in their life, and they said the answer was pride. You know how I got through this? Man, my pride helped me here. It carried me. Boy, I was struggling, and boy, I raised up my pride, and it just kind of carried me. And again, I'm not talking about accomplishment where you work hard. There's certain things, and I'll just tell you, here's the, you know, you can have accomplishment in your life. Let's say you've worked out, or you've, you've uh, gone on a diet, and you've lost weight, and man, you're, you're proud of your accomplishment. That's okay. But taking selfies all the time and posing in the mirror, that's pride. You know what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? That's the difference here. And here's the thing, that pride never really helps us. I've never met anybody that said, hey, pride got me through this. As a matter of fact, years ago, this is when I, when I think about pride, I, years ago, before GPSs were, were super locked in like they are now, that I was riding, I was taking my daughter Marissa to Knoxville. We were going to look at a college uh, that she was thinking about going to. And we got to this bridge and the bridge was out and I had to do a detour, and so I turned and did a detour. Well, then I started following the GPS again, and I thought to myself, well, the GPS is going to take me to a, an alternate route. So I followed the GPS again. Guess where it took me? The same closed bridge. That's what pride does. It doesn't really help you. It feels good. Now, we have moments, man, it feels so good when we're in our pride, and then we get to say what we want, and it can look good, but it actually works against us. Listen to me. Pride actually works against you. I'm going to give you three reasons. First, 
it precedes our downfall. That usually before you fall, usually before you fall, there's a moment of pride. And I've learned this in marriage. I just celebrated 34 years, but I've learned this in marriage. As soon as I think I got it figured out, I don't. I'm serious. There's moments where I'm like, man, we got this marriage thing now. We're clicking. Next, boom. Not clicking. Hey, hey, hey. Get, get, get a, pay attention. And the scripture right here says that pride goes before the fall. If we give that scripture right there, the next scripture. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. That this usually, pride usually always precedes you're having a great big mistake in your life. As a matter of fact, when you see people make a big mistake, you see people make a decision, make a choice that costs them. You think, boy, uh, man, that, that, that snuck on them. I, I, I'm telling you, almost every time it did not. It was a series of events where it just kind of went over and over again where pride set themselves up for a fall. The second thing is this. It sets us up against God. That pride sets us up against God. And, and, and I, got a, I got a little phrase for you I want you to say with me, and you're going to repeat after me. When I walk in pride, God is not on my side. When I walk in pride, God is not on my side. Here's, here's what I want you to see. Is that pride actually sets you up against God. It sets you up against Him. That He, He hates pride. Now, He loves you. But he hates the pride in our life, this part of us that wants to be right, that's going to be superior, that's going to judge others, that gets to this place where nobody's going to tell me what to do, that I'm better. Man, that's, that's God's job. That's not ours. And he doesn't even look at us like that. When you and I walk in pride, God's on our side. Look at the scripture here. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. That you and I, when we stand proud, that we are all actually working against God. The third thing is that pride never leads us to victory. That we never win when we're prideful. We actually make things worse. We actually uh, mar things even more. That this never really helps us in any way. There's a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Jeroboam. I'll be quick with this. There's a story in the Old Testament about a guy named Jeroboam that he is, he is, he's not along the line of kings. He doesn't have anything going for him. And uh, as a matter of fact, you read, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. You read that at, out of the blue, God says, hey, I'm going to do something great in your life. You're going to be the next king. I'm going to make you king. And, and, and all I ask is that you follow me. You remember me. You, you, you stay loyal to me. And so God makes him king. He becomes king. Of, of part of Israel. They separated Israel. He, comes, he becomes one of the kings. And in the 14th chapter of Kings, after Jeroboam has not remembered the Lord, has not followed the Lord, has become prideful, that done his own thing, there is a phrase there where a prophet goes to Jeroboam and says, hey, you've thrown God behind your back. Just throwing at me. You ever have a piece of trash? You throw it. Man, y'all don't do that. Second service again, I know. So, just throw it behind your back. When you and I walk in pride, God is not on our side. So, what's the answer? How do, how do we untwist this twist? We choose humility. You and I must choose humility. Now, you ever, you ever pick out clothes? They say that people have a closet full of clothes, but they only wear a, a, a small amount. Did you know that? 
They want to wear it because we like to look good. And here's what happens is that, uh, here's what we do. We, we get some clothes that we like, we wear them for a while, and then we get tired of them. And so we, we go buy more clothes and we put those clothes, the, those clothes in the closet. They stay in the closet for a while and we'll look at them. We may even touch them and we go, ah, I've, I've worn these a lot. And, uh, and so, and then pretty soon we give those away the clothes that we're wearing now, they go in the closet and then we buy new clothes. This pattern goes on over and over again. This is this, this truth that most people only wear about five or six things of what they, that, of what they have because we like to wear new stuff. And so here's what happens. We'll go in there and we'll, put, we'll, we'll pick out some clothes, we'll put it on and we'll, and we'll come out and we'll go, how's this look? You ever do this? You've worn it a million times. <laughs> you, know, you mean the same thing you wore the other day? Yeah, it looks the same. That's what my wife says to me. I have a bad habit of this. Hey, does this look all right? She's like, Yeah. Let me tell you your best look. No matter who you are, you know what your best look is? When you choose to be humble. Now, it doesn't look sexy, and, you, and, and it's not cool all the time, but I'm telling you, you, what your best look is, is humility. Whatever the situation, listen to me, whatever the circumstance, whatever's going on in your life, I'm telling you, your best look as a matter of fact, Paul in, in Colossians, he says that we are to clothe ourselves with humility, that we make this conscious decision that when I get in a situation, instead of powering up, instead of wanting to be right, instead of telling everybody what I think, and, and I'm not going to listen, and I, I'm smarter, and I'm better, and everything else, you choose to go low. You go low. You choose humility. And this is the greatest decision you and I can, can make. The humility may not be sexy, it may not be cool, but I'm telling you, it is powerful. When people act in humility, it is life-changing. When you've seen someone in a situation, man, where they just chose to be humble, when they put other people first. I went to lunch with this guy this week, went to lunch with this guy. This guy's 80-something years old. He's a retired minister. I don't really know him that well. You know what this guy does in his spare time? He's, he's retired. He's he goes and serves and does a Bible study at a nursing home twice a month and visits people in the nursing home another week of the month. So three weeks out of the month, this guy, for no pay, for no reason at all, just simply because he loves Jesus, is visiting people. You know, I thought, that's what I want to be like when I get older. Just this humble choice of putting other people first. This guy could be doing nothing. He could be sitting home watching Westerns. And I'm not against watching Westerns. I'm not. I'm not against it. But it was a powerful statement when he told me what he was doing. I thought, and he wasn't bragging. I was just talking to him. Well, here's the thing about choosing humility. First is this. When you choose humility, you look like Jesus. You do. You look like you. If you want to look like Jesus, it's when you're humble. Look at the scripture right here. The scripture talks about you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, Though he was God, he did not think equality with God was something to cling to. When he, that whole verse talking about when Jesus came to earth, he didn't sit around going, I'm the boss, y'all do whatever. He didn't do that. He could have done it, and it would have been right because he is the boss, but he didn't do it. He chose to go low. He chose humility. He gave up his divine privileges, took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus chose humility. You and I, when you choose humility, we're going to win every time. You're going to win. It's a powerful statement. 
The second thing is this, is that we receive grace. You and I, when we choose humility, we actually receive grace. Now, grace is God's unmerited favor. You can't earn it. You can't work hard enough for it. God just gives it. And you, when you choose to be humble, guess what he does? He gives you grace. He gives you favor, unmerited favor. He's going to bless your life in ways that you will never dream when you choose to be humble. It's going to be unbelievable. You're going to see this work in your life that I chose to be humble. I chose to be like Christ. And God's got his blessing. Look at the scripture here. That's not it. Is that it? I'm trying to be humble. That's it. <laughs> That's it. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Look, that's what you want. You want God's favor in your life. You want his grace. And the last part is we're exalted by God. A couple of scriptures here we're going to walk through. Maybe just one. Matthew 23, 11 through 12. It says, the greatest among you must be a servant. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What if you and I made a more conscious decision that we're going to be humble? But situations, like, let's just be honest, this week situation is going to rise up I mean, you're gonna, in your pride, you, you might be smarter than that person. You might be. You might have been doing it longer. You might be right. What if you chose Humility. What if when you're driving, someone cuts you off? You just choose humility. When things don't go your way, you want to power up. But you choose to be humble. You see, we all struggle with pride. It's, it runs deep inside of all of us. And the only way to untwist that twist is make conscious decisions that I'm going to be humble. That I'm going to put other people first. That I'm going to value them. That I'm not going to think I'm better than anybody. And so this is what I want to do to close out here. Is your heart twisted today with some kind of pride? There's a word in the Bible that talks about repenting. And the word repent just simply means that, you know, I got this area in my life that's not, I'm not going in the right direction. And so I'm making a decision to turn and go the other way. So if we were, if we were to look at it like, I can either look like this or I can look like that. This is distorted. This does not show people Christ not the right view of him. This is the view I want. So if I've got issues of pride, I'm going to repent of that. I'm going to turn and I'm going to go and I want to reflect who Jesus is in his fullness. 
I want people to see Christ in me. I want to be like the guy I talked about, just a retired guy that, man, just putting others first. Man, that's the life we want to live. The most humble decision you're going to make today is to repent or to ask Jesus into your heart. That if you've never done that, if you've never made this decision, man, I'm going to follow Christ. That I need Jesus. I don't like this image. This is the image I want. I was made in the image of God. I want to get back to that image. That comes through accepting Christ. And so I'm going to close in a prayer. And if you have a decision to be made, I pray that you would make it today. Father, we come to you. And Lord, I pray for all of us first that you would make us aware of the areas of our lives where we're prideful. That, Lord, we'll see it more quickly. That whatever lenses have been put over us to hide this, to suppress this in our own minds, that, man, we'll see it for what it is. That there are times, there are moments, there are flaws in our character that are just simply linked to pride. That we think we're better, smarter, superior, and the truth is we're not. That we're sinners. And Lord, there have been so many times where I've regretted my pride. And so Lord, we repent of it right now. And then, Father, I pray for the person here today that's never accepted your son, never understood that nothing's ever going to change until we accept Jesus, we start following Jesus, we start looking like Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for the person here today that's never made that choice. Father, help us this week that people would see Jesus in us fully. We pray in the name of your Son. Amen. Listen, if you made a decision today, if you need to talk to someone, I'll be down front. Have a great Memorial Day tomorrow. So glad you're here today. We'll see you next week.